Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. And just like that, the season is underway. We had our first upload on Friday, and now we are ready to talk some whiffs. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Once again, I am joined by Jack. Daniel. Jack, how we doing? Daniel, how we doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Can't complain. Lots to talk about this week, guys. Um, first things first, opening day. Have to get into it. What a series. What an absolute series. Once again, the Wildcats and Diamondbacks just do not disappoint. We saw it in the World Series last year. They went five games toe-to-toe, came down right to the wire. And this series really did just feel like a continuation of that. Um, let's just start with game one, guys. Wildcats come out. Um, they get down early via the Jimmy Norp two-run homer. And you're thinking, oh, boy, these poor Wildcats have been through enough already. And Norp just <laughs> keeps his foot right on the gas. And then Norp, unfortunately, deals with some wind in that second inning. You guys probably saw the wind was really not much of a factor at all, which is kind of rare for these early season series. But that one inning where Norp walked in a couple runs, it was windy out there, Dan. You can attest for me there. 100%. It picked yeah. up. It got gusty yeah. for sure. And I could tell Norp was getting frustrated. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you can try to wait in between pitches, but there's really nothing you can do about it besides try to play through it. So the Wildcats capitalize, get a couple runs via the base on balls, and then they actually take the lead in that ball game and have the lead going into the third. And the third inning is where things got interesting. Yep. So it was a... Three to two ball game heading into the bottom of the third. And as if it was fate, Casey Bennett, the rookie, in his first career game, steps in against Kyle Schultz, and on the first pitch of the at bat, he goes yard opposite field for a walk off home run. Jack, could you believe that watching it on the video? No, it was it was actually incredible. It was probably the most like, and this is a this is a compliment to Casey, but like I don't think I've ever hit a ball like that or like could hit a ball. Like it was almost like he wanted to swing the whole time and then said he wasn't going to swing. So then he, he, but then he ended up swinging. So he was kind of late on it, but he, he made contact and it went, it went opposite field, obviously. But like, how do, like you said, like, how do you, you can't even write this. We, how many times have we said that on this podcast? It's not rigged. You can't write this. You cannot make this stuff up. I mean, like, I you could not make it up. Literally slack-jawed. Dan, what were you thinking when that No, I, I literally, I was like, you could not have scripted this any better. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. It, it's like, it's like, it's also the, like, my first thought was off of Kyle Schultz, too. Like, if anyone is a veteran pitcher and knows how to, like, attack new hitters who might not be experienced in the league, I feel like it's Kyle. And it might, Dan might say it's Dan, you know. But, like, either way, a veteran guy. And like to come in and hit off a pitcher of that caliber, like it was incredible. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. It still is. And lucky for us, we happen to have Casey joining us right now on Pipe It Up. Casey, how are you feeling, my man? I am. Not, I'm feeling great. Speechless. <laughs> <laughs> he can't even form a good sense. <laughs> no, dude. Congratulations on what was for sure for now the highlight of the year. But we'll see if it gets topped. I'm sure it will. As like I said, it's not rigged, but I swear we just have so many like storybook moments like that in MLW. I just feel like wiffle ball is that kind of sport, man. It creates a lot of opportunities. So just take me through this whole game and this whole day, honestly. I know it was capitalized by the walk-off home run, but what's just going through your head when you get to the Meadows, you're the first player to arrive, we're setting up. Like, 
you drove a long way for this series. What's what's going through your mind just pregame when you're lacing up? Uh, well, first of all, kind of, uh, I've been watching you guys for years, probably since like 2017. You know, I started watching 2017, and of course, new fan. I became a fan of the new team, Tom. Okay, good to uh, hear. <laughs> we like we like him already. Uh, Stay as long as you want. <laughs> I, I was just happy to be in the league. I mean, everyone there. I mean, the best part of the day, I mean, of course, the home run was cool. But I think even better than that was just how cool and chill everyone was in the league. They're all very welcoming. It was a nice feeling. I've always kind of idolized Kyle. So getting to meet him again was great. All the mm-hmm. work he puts in is amazing. But other than that, uh, probably going into game one, I was a little shocked. I The first thing I noticed was how close the mound was. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. it was a lot farther back. There's not a lot of reaction time. No, it's, people so it don't appreciate that. Sure. People don't appreciate how difficult it is to hit in this league. And some guys, like I said, like Norp last year and Sailor, make it look so easy and it's <laughs> so difficult but um there's just a lot of talent in this league so um after once the game gets rolling after you've had a few at bats like has your mindset or your headspace changed at all from maybe your first at bat of your kind of shell shocked a bit uh yeah kind of i mean i i think i saw kyle a little better in game one than i was seeing sailor in the next two games okay. uh but just I guess I'll go talk right about the home run. I was planning on swinging first pitch because I thought Kyle wanted to get ahead of me, and I just luckily got a hanging drop. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that drop didn't do a whole lot. Um, yeah, so like you, you hit the you hit the walk off. That's great. I know I heard you kind of mention it on the on the mic'd up a little bit, but um, like, do you do you remember you know other than just making the decision to swing, like anything about that moment or like? Or after that, you know, post game, like what was that like? No, I went, I went full uh, Jordan Curdy. <laughs> I, I, I remember him talking about somewhere that he didn't remember anything from his walk off against Jimmy, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I had never felt that before. I just rounding the bases once I got home and kind of everything settled down. I just remember nothing from that moment. And that's got to be pretty surreal, though, right? Like even after yeah. you like sit down at the picnic table on the bench and are thinking about it, like you said, you've been watching us for you know three or four years now. You show up day one, you hit a walk off again, so you just called your wiffle ball idol. Like that's just gotta be crazy to go through mentally. <laughs> Very quickly yeah. too. After I sat down, like wow, I just hit a home run off the goat of wiffle ball, Kyle Schultz, <laughs> in my first game. It was it was it was humbling. It's unreal. Did you have uh did you go home, tell tell all your family and friends <laughs> about it? How did they react? I'm sure you did. Uh, my my mom, funny enough, was actually watching the live and immediately got a text. Oh, after. IG live, nice. Yeah. Uh, but I, I kept it under wraps until the video came out. Oh somehow. wow, good for you, good for good you. man, power move, good man. So what's that like? Are you are you a local celebrity now? When the video comes out, you hit a walk off first game. Kind of. I've had a bunch of people. <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> A bunch of people on my Snap or Instagram been sliding up and just saying, I saw the video, you're insane. I'm like, <laughs> I I don't know how to respond. <laughs> yeah, you'll get there. It's not easy being famous, man. Let me tell you. You'll get yeah. there. And trust me, Casey, you'll you'll you got them now and then pretty soon they'll turn on you, man. It's 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 nasty when they do. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> it's just tough. <laughs> no, I'm just can kidding. I just kidding. they turn hard and fast, they don't they, Tom? They turn <laughs> hard and fast. <laughs> Tom, Tom, I was always by your side. I'm always a believer. 
That's good, Casey. That's good. Hey, there's more believers now after this draft, but let me tell you, there was <laughs> there was some dark times. There was there was some DMs that I got that were not friendly, Casey. Let me tell you something. But um, can I say one thing about the home run too? Yeah, for sure. If everyone wants to go back and watch the video, it is very apparent that Jimmy did touch home plate. Oh so. yeah, we I we have a. Oh, actually, I noticed that. There, there will be a TikTok coming out on this exact topic tomorrow. I have gotten the footage prepared on my phone to create it. So yeah. We had this same argument when Warda had a home run, the walk-off in 2019, and be like, you didn't touch home, you didn't touch it's home. It's not that big a deal. A- every year. In fact, me and Dan <laughs> were just updating the rule book, yeah. and we actually stated that um, on yeah. home runs, you don't, like, it's not a rule, like, yeah. it's wiffle ball and the celebrations and stuff like that. It's, we didn't yeah. want to be, like, someone appeal that and be like, oh, no, that, that guy's out. Like, just ruin the moment. It's just not yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. So it's not even a rule in our rule book anymore to touch yeah. the bases. Um, just on a walk-off home run, let's make that clear. Wait, so you don't have to touch any bases? No, just on a walk-off home run, you that's the only case where you don't have to touch home yeah. run. We don't want to every other oh, okay, we don't want to okay. make uh yeah, just that let's not get into it too much, guys. It's wiffle ball, it's supposed to be fun. <laughs> Who cares if someone touched home plate or not? Okay. I guess you're reading too much into this. Um this isn't major league baseball, this is major league wiffle ball. Get it right. Um so Casey, you mentioned just the atmosphere at, at the Meadows and meeting the guys, and you were lucky enough to be christened at Chili's as well at the Brighton Chili's. Um, just yeah, how has your perception changed from prior to your arrival that day to now sitting at home and reflecting back on your first series as a part of the league? I don't know. I guess I would just feel a lot less starstruck by me. You guys, it's like, hey, I've I've kind of hung out with these guys. I know what they're about, and I don't know. Hey, well, I'm oh. as, we're as normal as it comes, Casey. I, I got yeah. up this morning, went to the gym. I uh, worked all day. I washed <laughs> my car. I called my grandma. I mean, it doesn't get any more classic. Than this. <laughs> it doesn't get any more. It doesn't get any more normal than this. So uh, no, we're we're glad to have you, and it was a blast. Um, just experiencing that moment, and I'm I'm happy you got to have it. So uh, hold on to that sucker and never let that feeling go, and uh, chase it, chase it. But thank you for joining us tonight, Casey. We appreciate it, right. and I uh, hope to be hearing from you again soon. But uh, congratulations on the on the homer, and uh, good luck to you the rest of the way. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Absolutely. Casey. Thanks, Casey. So there you have it, folks. Casey Bennett puts the exclamation point on the season opener for the D-backs. But moving into the rest of the series, um, it went in a different direction. The Wildcats hit a pair of home runs in Game 2 that gave them the Game 2 victory. It was Kyle Schultz and Nick Saylor back-to-back. Saylor, by the way, that pitch he hit out, Daniel, yeah. disgusted. We were just talking about yeah. this. He threw a really good curveball or whatever it was. Yeah, it was a curve. And Saylor just barreled it up. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Saylor's swing is so pretty. It's so good. I mean, yeah, it was... go. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, I encourage you to go back to the video right now and pull up the game two home run from Sailor. Yep. I'm telling you, Heat's curveball, like that's a pitch that will like end up in a pitching montage of ours, like on Instagram or yeah. on TikTok. Yeah. That's how good of a pitch it was. And Sailor just tracked it the whole way, dropped a barrel and hammered it. Like it was as solid I, of contact as you could get. That's I guess that's maybe my wiffle ball mind is is evolving now because I literally had the same exact thought like when I saw that pitch mm-hmm. like if he would have missed that it would have been it would have been an Instagram reel or like a TikTok like for oh, sure cool. that thing was dropping with velocity and Sailor just mashed it nuked it I know I, I uh, I'll probably make some content out of that as well because we also get the comments a lot of times in like ESPN or Bleacher Report posts one of those pitching montages because that's what that's what's cool and gets all the clicks but People mm-hmm. comment underneath, like, how does anyone ever hit these, blah, 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 this is stupid, it's all strikeouts. Well, 
Nick Saylor. He has yeah. something to say about that. He can hit those pitches. We should do a pitching montage, and then the last one yeah, is that bomb. pitch, but exactly. Saylor bomb. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Show both sides. Yeah. That should be it. That'd be funny. Um, it's a good idea, Dan. <laughs> and so then, yeah, Wildcats, even the series, take game two. Now, once again, it's a, uh, it's a rubber match between these two squads, but it's not game five of the World Series. It's game three of this opening day series. And uh, Jackson Pearson, this MLW sophomore, comes up big with a three-run homer off of Jimmy and gives the Wildcats an eventual 4 nothing victory. And now Jackson is joining us on the show. Jackson, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great, Tom. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Good to have you back. Great to see you back out there at the Meadows in the gray and purple. And, um, you know, I touched on this with a lot of the guys at the field um, from the Wildcats, but I wanted to ask you on this show, too, just like how much did that World Series loss last year actually affect you? And like, how often do you think back about that and think about wiffle ball in general throughout the off season? I mean, uh, I really have like wiffle ball in my mind all the time. Like baseball and wiffle ball, easily my two favorite sports ever. And uh, after the World Series last year, I actually made my wallpaper the picture of <laughs> um, me like standing behind everybody when they were all celebrating. So mm-hmm. it's like Jimmy Shima. Oh man, that's so. Awesome. It's on a mission. Uh, I love that. Yeah, no, I had it for motivation, and I even sent it to the group chat in our Wildcats group chat right um, before we played the series. And I was just like, uh, just to go along with what Kyle said because he was hyping us up, and I was mm-hmm. like, this means a lot to us, and we were trying to invest tie into it and yep. like understand, like yeah, obviously like we're there to have fun, but like the league series too. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it was at an all of our minds throughout the whole off season. God, I, I'm a really bad manager, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my Mallards group chat, I'm like, boys, don't forget, there's a game tomorrow. <laughs> 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 Not this year. That's old Tom. That's old Tom, I swear. I swear. But no, seriously, that's that's more of a uh, tip of the cap to a lot of the guys like Kyle yeah. and Jimmy who do a great job managing their teams. Um, but um Jackson, obviously, I think you bought in last year big time to, to Kyle's mission and the Wildcat mm-hmm. traditions and that kind of thing. So after you go through that loss last year, like you said, you thought about it constantly. Um, what goals do you set for yourself personally this season? Um, so actually, on my Instagram, I posted a little uh, – I was like right before the season, I posted a thing, and the last slide was all my goals. And um, my, I had hit four home runs on it, hit over 300. Uh, win the AL, win the World Series, have more walks than last year, have less strikeouts, and um, a couple a couple other ones too. But those were like some of my biggest goals. I just really want to improve going into year two. Jackson's dialed. Those are some good goals. Jackson's yeah, he's, he's ready. <laughs> I love it. You were just put together and <laughs> motivated. You're on, I love it. You're on pace for the home runs. I mean, you already got one, right? So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're on it, pace. Got one off Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was big time. Well, perfect. Get the ball rolling. I mean, you had such a strong uh, first series, and it was obviously so big to do it against the Diamondbacks. But um, does that sort of make the the wound from from last year sting a little bit less, or are you still uh, pretty upset just about you know the outcome of last season in the World Series? Um, I mean, yeah, obviously the, the goal coming into it was to win the series, which we did. But we just know there's so much more work to do, and there's literally like 12 more games left, so the whole whole lot of season left, and obviously the playoffs after that. So it's just we're we're just gonna take it one step at a time. Yeah, it's hard. You got to stay focused because I went through a very similar thing, Jackson, where 
Um, I played the Wildcats in the 2018 World Series, a team that you weren't on yet, but um, and we lost that series in four games. And then our first series of the next year, it wasn't opening day, but the first slate of games was against the Wildcats, and we actually won that series two to one. And I felt like it felt like a big like sigh of relief, like okay, we are like we're just as good as them, we are better than the best team, that kind of thing. But I would just say don't get too caught up in that, you know, because that year we ended yeah. up losing in the NLCS. We didn't make it back to the World Series. So, like yeah. you said, just one step at a time, focusing on your next game is uh, it's important. Things can change, and this sports it's decided by you know one swing of the bat every single day. So, yeah, of course. What do you think? What do you think it might be different just after the first series? Um, you know, obviously you added a rookie with Ty Smith, but is there anything materially um, or you know, philosophy-wise, like different with within the Wildcats organization or amongst you guys as teammates. Um, I don't, I don't think so. For the most part, I mean, we our I'm, I know our biggest goal was just to put together like good at bats, and I just we just want to continue doing that throughout the whole year. But I would say we have a solid foundation, a solid, uh, solid game plan. So, yeah, I mean. We're we're just gonna we're just gonna roll with that for pretty much throughout the whole year. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, as they say, right? Yeah, um, of that, course, yeah. that 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 method, that philosophy, obviously got you guys to a World Series last year. Um, do you see the Wildcats getting back there again this year? Thousand percent, Jack. Thousand percent. Thousand <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I asked. <laughs> I'll be honest. My preseason, I I do have the preseason Wildcats as my as my World Series champs. That was before this Diamondback series, but it's you never know. I'm never I haven't been right on that prediction in, yeah. in years. So um, Jackson, I guess try to prove me and your Wildcats fans right. Um, I actually have one final question, and I wanted to get Dan involved here, and I thought of this on the spot. Okay. Dan, you were once like the young guy in the league, like back in the glory days. <laughs> that was like maybe a long time ago. Yeah, but I'm saying no. This is still relevant to people like Jackson and even your teammates. Like yeah. Um, like, I don't know, was that weird for you when, like, you were, say, like, 13 and me and Kyle were 16 and 15 or whatever, and you were always the youngest one playing against our friends? And, like, what advice would you give to, like, Jackson and even your teammates as they're, like, now the, the young ones in the young class of, of the league? Well, I'm sure it's different for other people, but I was used to it because I was the little brother. So, like, I was used to playing against Kyle and, you know, getting beat down a lot. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know. It, it, like, and I, I think I took that pretty well. Um, at, at sometimes I didn't, I remember like I was really down on myself, but, mm -hmm. um, it, yeah, it, sometimes it can be tough, but it definitely builds you stronger. Um, and over the long run, I think uh, it really built me to be a better player. Good. All right, Jackson, remember that. Be strong out there. Isn't that funny though, how much like that can influence your life, like where you were born in the family? Like, cause you were the young kid. You said like, you're just used to getting beat up on. Yeah. Like, I mean, not yeah. Physically, you've been I just, just physically was not like that good yeah, you compared to you guys. Enough. Like, yeah, you weren't so developed enough, but yeah. I, I was the middle child. So like, yeah, my experience was different and I had two sisters, but I felt like for me, it wasn't like, um, from like a competitive standpoint, I guess it didn't give me like that type of edge, but it more so like just trained me to be more independent, I guess, because I feel like I never like had center of attention in my family, that kind of thing. Everyone's different, but just interesting note there. Well, Jackson, as Dan said, just uh, got to be focused and uh, don't get too down on yourself if uh, you feel like you're uh, a step behind everybody. Because, I mean, we saw, we saw it this series. You're, uh, you're, you're competing with the best of us, so congratulations on that. Congratulations on this series win, and uh, good luck to you and the Wildcats. All right. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks, Jackson. Peace, Jackson.
what an opening day series it was, and um, who knows? Could you imagine a World Series re- rematch between these two again? I, I, I think it's very possible. I, so? I, I don't know if it will happen, but... The NL is so tight. The AL, too. Like, honestly, I could see pretty much anybody making it, and there's a lot of season left, so I- anything could happen. I don't know. Anything can happen. Daniel Schultz, ladies and gentlemen, quarter <laughs> of the week. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So, Jack, Daniel, after hearing from those guys and um, after gathering your thoughts that you already had um, about this series, just, um, I mean, what are your thoughts? For me, I guess, um, once again, very evenly matched. I don't think the Wildcats winning two out of three here definitely means they're the better team. Clearly, they were on that day, and they had more clutch hits. You know, that multi-run homer from Pearson was huge. Sailor, once again, just phenomenal out there on the mound. But, um, Daniel, what did you see? Yeah, I was going to say, like, Sailor just looked, you know, sensational early. Very, very, I'll admit, or very early, uh, my MVP candidate uh, at the plate and at the mound. He only had one earned run and six innings pitch. Sneaky good on the mound. How, um, how does he do I, it? That's crazy. Honestly, I don't know. Like, with his stuff, you wouldn't think so, but, like, he gets it done every time. It's, an, it's insane. And then, yeah, Incredible. Jack, just Jackson stepping up, you know, sophomore season, really coming into his own. That's good to see. Um, so those were my thoughts on the Wildcats, at least. Mm-hmm. How about you, Jack? Yeah. Um, I mean, just to echo your guys' point, Sailor, Nick Sailor just did Nick Sailor things all day. Um, hit well, pitched well. Uh, that's obviously good to see if you're a Wildcats fan. Um, I think that the Diamondbacks missing Shima was uh, actually like, I don't know. I just don't think that should go overlooked because I, I think agree. He, yeah. I think he's a sort of a glue guy for them mm-hmm. yeah. um, when it comes to like timely hits, but also really like timely defensive plays. And there were a couple examples where they had the young guys out there in the field and it was a little bit disorganized, not really what brought the Diamondbacks to their, uh, you know, World Series appearance last year. So mm-hmm. I think that was something that shouldn't go uh, overlooked at how important Shima is to that team but i think if you're a diamondbacks fan you got to be happy um even though that you didn't win the series just from the production from the young guys yeah the uh, rookies. At, especially at the plate obviously you know that was that was good and i think really in game two jonah kind of just had like i wouldn't even say it was a bad inning he just, they were just hitting better in that <laughs> yeah. inning like we said like his his pitches were good it was, they just were doing a better job um the the wildcats that is so I wouldn't read too much into it either way. I think we can just conclude after the series that <laughs> yet again, these teams are, you know, yeah. t- probably top two in the league again, like they were last year. Um, and it kind of just comes down to, you know, who can get the clutch hits. But yeah. I'm looking forward to both their seasons. It's, it's incredible that the D-backs team did what they did last year against yeah Kyle and, Kyle and Nick are just an incredibly tough duo to face back-to-back in a lineup. And yeah. um, he's made good pitches, but like you know, they went over the fence. And, um, yeah, you mentioned Shima, the glue guy. I definitely think that that is an overlooked portion of this series as the D-backs had two rookies out there and then Jonah and Jimmy. 
Um, I mean, Daniel Schultz knows from his Eagles. Those glue guys are important. Yeah, that's something mm-hmm. that the Mallards really haven't had over these last couple of seasons, and um, you know that's why I've really focused on developing my relationship with Caden and trying to get to know Jordan, Ben Wilson, those guys. So, um, from um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's important, and I'm sure that they were um, missing Shimon. Just that spark, that energy, that comfortability out there, and yeah, it definitely played some sort of factor in this series. I'm sure. It was good to see. It was also good to see. We just talked to Jackson. Um, like if you're a Wildcats fan, huge to see his production. Like he was a stud all series, and that's that's gonna be big for them going forward. Um, but I also wanted to ask, like, because you guys are both at the game, but um, was Nor Blake battling a little bit of an injury? Because I saw like after oh, one yeah. of the pitches, it was kind of like him groaning, but then he was fine, and then it never really got addressed in the video. Um, but I was kind of curious. I believe he had a tight quad. Was that the well, issue? He he said that it was only hurting him on the one pitch, the one yeah. overhand pitch. But I never really asked further than that. I think he's fine. I'm sure it was just soreness because, like, I get sore on the mound all the time too. Like, it just takes a toll after a while. But I, I think he'll be fine. I don't think it was anything serious. We, we don't think it's anything serious. And he is yeah, his he, leg he, though. He, I think so. He yeah. br- he brushed uh, it off. I think right I thought leg. he was hurt. And he's like, or, no, I'm good. I'm good. Maybe and, left leg. I don't know. Uh, yeah, he was experiencing some some tightness, I believe, in one of his quads. But we will we'll keep you guys up to date on that here yeah. on Pipe It Up. We'll let you know if I hear okay. anything. But as for now, I saw Jimmy again uh, over the weekend, and uh, he seems like he's he's doing okay. So we'll keep you up to date on Narp's health. But nothing to be too concerned about. I don't think if you're a Diamondbacks fan. Now, Jack, I uh, saw a post on your Instagram just earlier today, and it, uh, it, was a bit, it was a bit sad. I saw that your lacrosse career has come to come to an end. So uh, just talk about that for me. What, what's that like? Is it a bit surreal almost? Yeah. Um, the the old career-ending Instagram posts are back. Uh, they're all over the place, at least on my feed, I'm as sure. me and my friends are now. Um, graduating and as you said my lacrosse career has officially ended um, it is pretty surreal it's kind of crazy just to think about how much time and how much uh, of my life over the past you know 13 14 years or so I mean I've been playing since fourth grade so all you athletes out there know like it's just something you put so much time into it's uh, it's kind of crazy to think about just you know what I'm going to do after uh not having to um sort of live my life around lacrosse like not that i didn't enjoy that of course but um it was something that was a big time commitment and it'll be interesting uh transitioning i hope my i hope i can keep my physical fitness mm-hmm. uh where where it's at right now for or you know at least not have a sig- very significant drop off but um I'm super fortunate for everything that I've been able to do and accomplish. Uh, I thought I, you know, I thought I had a great career. I pretty much hit all ends of the spectrum in terms of what an athlete could do. Um, you know, I was, I came in and I was injured on the sidelines. I was a starter and I was last on the depth chart too. I was, uh, you know, a critical player for my team at one point and I was also um, someone who was more in sort of a mentoring role for the younger kids um, mm-hmm. who are a little bit more talented than I was so I really had a full career I wouldn't I wouldn't trade 
the experience and the lessons I've learned uh, for anything, I'd do it all over again the same way if I had the opportunity. So just want to, again, as we've said on this podcast before, use a moment like this to uh, encourage all you guys out there, boys and girls who are maybe considering college athletics or is, is a goal of yours um, to, to go ahead and reach for that because I think it's something very valuable that everyone can take a lot away from um, and is going to make you a better person overall at the end of the day. I mean, yeah, I can only imagine. You just you go through so much and you learn so much about yourself and you put yourself through so much just to you know work towards a goal and a mission of just getting better and being a better team player and all that kind of stuff. So I really think it is hard to put a price on what sports can do for you, you know, mentally as a person, person and even emotionally. Um, it's crazy. You know, I only played through high school and I still feel like I gained those experiences and I can't even fathom to the extent that you had them. Um, but yeah, like you said, it is probably an odd feeling for you after playing for you know 15 years now, kind of going cold turkey, no more lacrosse. Do you anticipate like playing in any men's leagues or anything like that? Or do you think you're going to move into more of a, more of a golf guy now? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Like my, my initial feeling, I, I, lacrosse has given me so much but i feel like uh it's given me almost all it could give in terms of in terms of playing mm-hmm. i'm sure i'll like i'm sure i'll pick it up here and there and maybe play in like a league or like an alumni tournament or game something like that like down the line i wouldn't necessarily rule out coaching i've coached in lacrosse before it's yeah. it's very rewarding very fun and it's like you know like any sport just a way to stay connected to the game mm-hmm. um, but in terms of playing I think you're right. <laughs> I'm leaning a little bit more towards uh, refining my golf game <laughs> rather than trying to uh, improve my lacrosse skills at this point. But I mean, I'm excited for that too. I can't tell you how excited I am. I'm getting a lot more into golf uh, in the past years, so it that's did. something. That's something I am looking forward to for sure. Same for me. Dan's a golfer. I went to the range today. It was really bad. It, <laughs> golf is so hard. Oh my god. It's a lifelong that's all right dan you just got to shake the rust off (laughs) minutes to learn a lifetime to master it's but uh no jack i couldn't relate to you more i felt the same way about baseball like i was thankfully you know i i was when i was done and i had played my last game i was um it was just bittersweet you know it was it was sad to be done but i was very content with just the amount of effort that i gave and how much i put into it and the results that i got out of it you know what i mean i really don't think looking back on it, there was much more that I could have done to be a better player, a better teammate, et cetera. So I was very much okay with mentally, you know, like, you know what, it's over and I'll look forward to, you know, um, yeah, maybe coaching one day or watching, you know, my kids play one day, whatever it may be. But I felt like my time as a player had, had run its course. And I don't, I don't really have any desire still to like play in a men's league or anything like that, or even slow pitch softball, um, play wiffle ball. And that's about all I, all I need (laughs) to get my fix. Yeah. Tom, did you ever yeah. think about playing college baseball? I never asked you that question. Um, you know, as a kid for sure, like young, young. Yeah. But then once I got into high school and, you know, like I said, I, I was putting in everything I had into yeah. baseball and just seeing where my skills were at. And, you know, after talking with, you know, I had a hitting coach at the time and all that kind of stuff and just seeing, you know, of actually where I could go. And I just didn't see myself as a guy who loved the game enough to go to a division three or, yeah. you know, even lower than that school to play and I, it just didn't seem like the right move for me in terms of sacrificing my education and that kind of stuff i i wanted to go so it was my dream to go to michigan state after my family went there yeah and i was not going to play baseball there sure i could have played club or like yeah. tried to walk on whatever but like i said i was very content with with 
calling it quits when I did. I felt like I gave everything I had, and um, you know, it ended on a good note. You know, we had a good year, my senior year. We didn't go all the way like I wanted to, but I was satisfied with uh, with the work I had done. So yeah, that's kind of where my head was at. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have you gotta have some perspective for sure. I think what you said is important. Where it's like, you know, it wasn't it didn't outweigh sacrificing your education, and that's the that's the most important thing at the end of the day. So if a school if you as an athlete are looking for, you know, um, a school, it shouldn't necessarily just be all dictated by the, the athletics of whatever you're trying to pursue there too. You have to obviously consider the, the academic portion since that's the main reason you're really going there in the first place. Um, and like you said, like it's, it's, I mean, it's not for everyone. You really have to be committed to it. Um, want to do it, feel that you have more to give. Um, but like, like I said, and like you said, at this point, uh, I'm pretty content, pretty satisfied. I don't have very many, um, if any, regrets in terms of what I did uh, as an athlete yeah, or you know, what I could have accomplished. It's really a personal decision. There's nothing wrong with going to play like, baseball at a Division three level or whatever it may be. Um, there's plenty of guys in MLW who have played in, at Division three baseball or community college baseball, stuff like that. Um, it's really just a personal, a personal decision. Um, like you yeah. said, I felt like I had given it all I had and um, – I didn't really have much more to give to the game. You know, I was, my back was starting to hurt at the time. My arm was basically <laughs> just like a numb noodle. Like I had, <laughs> I had pretty much pitched my last inning. You know, I was done. And because I'm a smaller guy, like pitching was always just, it's brutal for everybody. But yeah. like, you know, yeah. I was putting everything I had into it. And I mean, yeah, there wasn't a single day of my varsity career where my arm wasn't just absolutely dead, but you, you push through it. And it's just looking at what my options were, which was, a going to you know Michigan State University, a school I dreamed about going to, um, and being there with you know a lot of my friends, and um, you know having that experience for my mom who also like wanted to see her kids go there, that kind of thing, or going to a smaller school somewhere in the middle of nowhere to play, keep playing baseball, um, which once again, if you if you love the game and you have more to give, nothing wrong with that, but it just it uh, it wasn't too hard of a decision for me personally, so. That's yeah. what it is. I mean, so that's sometimes it's clear cut like that. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but every every one of you athletes out there who's younger will have to make that decision at some point if you want to keep going through college or if you want to hang up the cleats and call it quits. And I think I think you'll know. Like you just know in your gut what's right and what's not right for you. And I know guys who have um, like not played sports and then like for example, um, one of our MLW players, former player Trevor Hotman, um, had you know offers on the table to play at Division two, II, Division three schools. Um, decided to go to MSU instead, Michigan State, and then after one year, he started to get the itch. He played club baseball, and then junior year, he's like, you know what, I'm going to walk on, and he walked on to the Michigan State baseball team. So um, I think you just you have that internal feeling. You know what's right and what's wrong. I think when Trevor got there and he was no longer playing baseball and he knew the talent he had, he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and do this again. So um, you'll, you'll find your path. You can always, you can always uh, fix things if you're not happy with your decision. So That's true. Well, I appreciate you guys letting me get on my mini soapbox there uh, to wrap up my career. Um, hey, every athlete has a journey. It's not, it can't always be wiffle ball on the on the pipe it up podcast. No, but no, no, I appreciate no, no. it. Absolutely, yeah. Pipe it up. We give a variety of topics. We're, we're our core is wiffle ball for sure, but we like to uh, yeah. help all of our listeners along their journey of life. And I think <laughs> a lot of them are athletes. And uh, every athlete has a story, whether you are. Uh, little league player whether you were a professional player every every one of us has our own story for for me my career ran its course from 9u travel baseball when i was eight years old playing on the 9u team to varsity baseball that was it 
Jack's athletic career was lacrosse starting in fourth grade and even played football too that ended in high school and then lacrosse through college at Bryant University. So everyone has a story, everyone has their ups, everyone has their downs, but um, I think the main idea of our little uh, spiel there was just that uh, sports can teach you a lot about yourself. Absolutely. I, uh, like I said, I would not trade what I've learned uh, through lacrosse for just about anything, but now it's pretty much just golf and whiffs from here on out. <laughs> golf and whiffs. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the best two sports you can play. Right that's there. The, that's <laughs> the way to live. Dream, right there, honestly, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like the dream. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. So and add funny. fishing, add fishing to that. No, oh yeah. Fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Those of three. Those, that's the trifecta of a good time. You, you go out yeah, there, you, that's the triple crown. You fish, you fish in the morning. Then you go play a quick nine. Then you top off the day with some evening whiffs. That would be way too tiring, <laughs> honestly. Ideal. Hey, you can do it. You can do it. You power through. Um, but yeah, speaking of whiffs, you two are about to face off. Yeah. Eagles and Magic is actually the next series on this first slate of games for the 2022 season. Um, and Jack, you will actually not be there. I don't know if the fans and the listeners are too aware of this yet. They will be, of course, when they see Friday's video. But mm-hmm. Jack is still, um, he's, even though he's done playing lacrosse, he's still on the East Coast at Bryant, finishing up his master's degree. What a studious guy he is. <laughs> so uh, Jack will, uh, will not be at the Meadows for the Magic's first series. We're hoping to get him out here for a few this year. He'll, yeah. I, I'm confident Jack will suit up in the purple jersey at least once this year, if not more than once. But, um, so Jack will not be there. So Chadwick will be kind of taking over as the interim manager, if you will. But, Jack, mm-hmm. I know you still got a lot of emotions tied up in this Magic team and in this series. So yeah. uh, what are your hopes for not only this series but for this season for the Magic? Yeah, you know, I knew this was eventually going to come out. We would have had to address this at some point. But um, as Tom said, my school does not end until August, and then I'll finally be graduated and be done with school. And I go to school in Rhode Island, for those of you who don't know. So uh, the Meadows is a long, long way from my school. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the jam-packed wiffle ball summer um, and the scheduling and my schedule. um, You know, I also have my sister getting married this summer. It's very tight trying to organize um, Agner getting to the Meadows to play a series for (laughs) the Magic. But (laughs) but I want you guys to know, listeners, MLW fans and Magic fans especially, that uh, I'm putting all of my effort. Tom is working very hard in terms of the scheduling and, um, you know, figuring it out. I will get to a series. I promise you that um, hopefully more than one in the regular season, but at least one so that when we make the playoffs, I'll have an opportunity to play in that series. So just to get that off the play off the uh, agenda right there. Um, As far as this season, you know, piggybacking off that. Yes, I'm going to have to rely on uh, some of the other guys a little bit more this year. They're going to have to take a little piece off my plate and put it onto theirs um, in terms of the production. You know, not that I'm a fantastic hitter by any means, but I but I am a contributor to the team. So the guys are going to have to step up. And Jason will be my sort of uh, acting manager, if you will, my interim manager, um, just because out of the guys on the team, I'm kind of the closest with him and, uh, you know, trust his opinion. And so he'll be, you know, kind of calling the shots with with some of my input in the games that I'm not that I'm not available to be there. Um, but I really expect nothing. Le- like I don't expect any real drop off from what we've done in the years past. Um, 
I expect to make the playoffs. I expect to be, you know, in the talks when it comes down to the end of the season. Um, I'm very confident in the, the pitching duo of Jason and Trevor this year. I think having both of them on the same team for a full year um, will pay dividends. It just in terms of building chemistry and overall, you know, winning a few more games in the regular season. Um, so I'm really excited. And for this Eagles matchup, um, you know, I I hate to say it, but if there was maybe a series I would want to miss, it would be playing against Dan just because <laughs> it would tarnish my average. Um, but no, uh, all kidding aside, I mean, the Eagles are the Eagles. I expect it to be probably pretty low scoring um, just because I expect us to pitch well. It's kind of the first series. Sometimes the bats take a little while to warm up. Um, Dan's obviously a phenomenal pitcher. We've seen what Dallas can do. So um, I'm expecting it to be close. Obviously, you know, I hope it goes the magic way, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a 2-1 split either way. I don't think either team is much more dominant than the other. Um, okay. And so, okay. you know, that's kind of my take. I'll, I'll be really uh, interested to see how how my guys respond in the first game of me not being there, you know, and mm-hmm. how they take that. I obviously won't get the full perspective, um, but I'll kind of, you know, be able to feel that feel that out when the video comes out. So, okay, that's I'm excited, fair. though. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys, too, Jack. Like you said, I think um, this team has a lot of potential, like you said, with the pitching duo. And um, one thing I will mention about the Magic is that I feel like you guys, you're known for your strong finishes and your exciting finishes in the second half of the season. But I feel like in the years past, correct me if I'm wrong, you've come out a little flat on more yeah. than one occasion. So I think that this could be a real tone setter for you guys. If you can come out and beat the Eagles this series, that'd be huge in my yes. opinion. No, I agree. That's definitely been our um, our flaw in years past. We've been always digging ourselves out of holes, which which – we have done, which show, you know, which obviously shows some resiliency within the organization, but you're right. It's, it's, uh, it's not ideal when you are down, you know, one to one, one, you're one in five or zero oh and six through your first two series, which I think is what we've done the past two seasons. It's incredible. Um, you've one, made it to the playoffs, both of those. Yeah, years. it really, it really is <laughs> remarkable when you, when you squint at it. Um, so absolutely coming out of the gates hot would be, um, so huge, so ideal, real tone setter about, you know, what we want to accomplish this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm expecting our, our guys to come out and be very competitive. All right. All right. I hope so, too. But now I'm looking across the table here at Dirty Dan. Now, Dirty Dan, um, what do you think of this Magic team and this pitching duo you're going to have to face? Do they intimidate you at all? I mean, you haven't played them since 2020. So I don't think you, you faced Bonham over the years yeah, as a Mallard. Say, yeah. But it's been a while since you've seen Chadwick, and um, I don't know. Wh- where's your head at with this one? You know, I said it in the pregame interview. I've never been more excited for a wiffle ball season compared to this one. Um, you know, I, I thought I prepared uh, very well for this series. I was slinging the rock around with Tom a little bit. Okay. Um, but, yeah, you know, Magic are definitely a solid team, Chadwick and Bonham. Uh, yeah, I haven't faced Chadwick in a couple of years. We saw Bonham decent last year. I think I hit. Uh, at least one home run off Bonham last year, but still very solid pitcher. Um, you know, Bonham, a lot of straight stuff, but it can dart, you know, any which way. And Chadwick, I think, is sneaky good on the mound, too. He's got a nice drop ball I don't like to face. I, I told him that yesterday. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, really excited for the series. Um, I'm looking for Dallas to step up big. Uh, you know, high expectations for Landon in his rookie season. Uh, Blade is kind of, uh, it, it sucks, you know, what's going on with him. I don't know if uh, the viewers really know, but or if we should even address this, but he has surgery uh, coming up soon, so he can really only play this first series, and then he may or may not be back uh, at the end of the season. So it's a, uh, it's a uh, for his labrum. He has a torn labrum. Yeah, sound, kind of sounded like he had a medical condition there, Daniel. Like, it sucks what happened <laughs> to him. I wanted to clear the air. He he is in. Well, I I just said that because he's in good health and good spirits. But yes, he yeah, no, he I, tore his labrum. Yeah, I just said that because he really wants to play, and yeah, like I, I I love feeding off his energy. He he'll still be at the series, um, so it'll be a really big boost for us energy wise, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yep, we have Whalen back. And then I should address the fact that yes. we're um, treating, well, I, I should say Clay and Neil, uh, you know, lifelong Eagles, they're going to be more so as substitutes this year. Uh, I really want to ride with uh, the five I said earlier, me, Zach, Landon, Blade, and Dallas. So, yep, really excited for this year. So, Dan, how'd that, how'd that conversation go between you, Clayton, and Neil? I mean, I've been there. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you, you basically had to go through the same thing, right? I did, I did. With Everyone, Noah and Steve. It's the growing pains of wiffle ball. But um, I think at, go? at a certain point, they kind of knew and they kind of understood. Uh, like, especially last year, uh, I think their careers were starting to, you know, come to an end. They weren't as effective. Uh, <laughs> I'm, just putting a bl- I'm just putting it bluntly. Like, they knew... Um, just but it, it, like I always say, it was a very <laughs> <laughs> Neil Smith him homered off of Jimmy North. Yeah, he did. They had a lot of ups. They had a lot of ups, but they also had some downs. <laughs> 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 no, but those are my guys. I love I love Neil. I love Clay. Uh, those will always be Eagles. Uh, I'll I'll hang up their numbers in the Eagle build uh, the banners. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, it's time to move on. The Eagles are looking forward to the future. Okay, Dan is Dan's laser focused. Yeah, I think Dan has the best young core in MLW, and he said, "Enough is enough. I gotta break up with my friends, and uh, we're going for it." I'm impressed. We've talked about it so many times how everyone sort of walks this tightrope of balancing between friends and you know what's best for the franchise. But mm-hmm. I think Dan has really like hung on the. I don't know if that's the right <laughs> phrase. Like hung on the longest, but like. He he seems like he still was able to manufacture was. wins with like his best friends. You know what I mean? Which was like, which was cool. Well, um, and I I respected Dan for I re- respect Dan for that. But it's 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 very impressive to see him, um, you know, making these tough calls because they are tough calls to make. Like we've mentioned on this podcast so many times. Yeah, and like Tommy mentioned, I think yesterday, like team chemistry is very important it is. and it should not be understated, but. Um, you know, at a certain point, like I, Landon and Blade and Dallas's talents were, you know, undeniable, and I had to give them the opportunity to play. It really just came down to that at the end of the day. Right. Blade is just a freak athlete. I feel like that yeah. kid's like 16 years old, about what, maybe six foot? I'd say he's about uh, six foot. Blade might be seven. I always forget their ages, honestly. I think Blade and Dallas are 17. I know Landon's 16. They're all young. Yeah. What exactly. a young core the Eagles have. It really is. That, like that was my strategy brightest. with this draft. I was trying to get young because I you knew. Young last year, too, though. Yeah, I know. Jeez, that dude, was my strategy. Dan's always just one step ahead. I can't keep <laughs> up with this guy, man. <laughs> We're all playing checkers. Dan's playing chess. God, he's a chess player for sure. But. Enough chatter from the, the managers here. Let me give my analysis on the series. Um, I think that 
it's an important one. It's it's always like I said, it's a tone setter for either side uh, moving into your season. It's a lot better to be two and one than one and two or three and zero oh than zero oh and three. Obviously, it's not like your season's over, but um, it's always good to be on the right side of the fence to start the year. I really think it's going to come down to, like I said, Trevor Bottom's performance. I think he's kind of the X factor here. Um, and the reason I say that is, like I mentioned before, Jack, when we were evaluating the draft and the trades and whatnot, um, Trevor's a guy who's been dominant, especially last year. You know, he made a he made a case for Cy Young last year. But as Daniel mentioned, his stuff doesn't have that much movement compared to some of the better pitchers in MLW. But we've got guys like Nick Saylor and Bottom himself yeah. who are very effective with yep. little to no movement. So if Bottom can remain effective in this series tomorrow, um, I think the Eagles are going to have a tough time. If I had to bet right now, I'm going Eagles 2-1, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Respectfully. respectfully. I, that's, <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, that's all warranted. I think I'm confident in Trevor's ability to pitch and be a solid pitcher. Um, I think if there was a question mark going into the Magic season, Especially, you know, I have confidence in myself at the plate. I feel like I can mm-hmm. um, produce, you know, when when the time comes or when it's needed. But I think the biggest question mark would just be like if we're able to give those guys enough support at the plate. Um, I think that'll be the real difference maker, because if if Jason had a season like his rookie season um, and if Bonham can takes a, can take another you know, or take a step at the plate mm-hmm. um, and become even a, a a better hitter than he showed glimpses of, you know, last year in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I think that the that we can be a, a very, very dangerous team. All right, there you have it, folks. Jack Agner, a lot of confidence in his squad, and Daniel Schultz is the most excited he has ever been for a season. That's right. And with that, we will have to wait until Friday at 4 p.m. to see what happens between these two squads. But thank you so much for tuning in this week. Um, Ads. We do have ad spaces available, guys. And the first person who contacts me because we're looking for people, I'll give you one free. So you get your first ad, I'll give you an extra one free. So offering a bargain here. (laughs) Don't miss your chance. But uh, with that, thanks for tuning in, and we will catch you next week on the Pipe It Up podcast. So Jack, Daniel, after hearing from those guys, um, after hearing, so Jack, (laughs) pause, (laughs) so Jack, 